0: and welcome to the Way Up North podcast. My name is Erin Bishop and I am the event planner for Way Up North and also the podcast host. Today we're going to be chatting to Tuya Seppel who has spoken at Way Up North once before and is back by popular demand just to get a bit of an idea what we can expect from her in Stockholm in February. Okay perfect well welcome Tuya thank you thank you for taking a little bit of time to chat with us i know you did a bit of a longer podcast before your previous appearance at way up north but basically i just want to chat with you a little bit and get an idea about who you are and what you do for the people who are coming who might not have discovered you Mm -hmm. yet and, and a bit about what to expect so maybe you can start by just introducing yourself and telling us kind of what what you do in
1: the world. Ha, that's a tough one. That's always a, tough <laughs> it's a big one. one. To I'm in Vancouver. That's where I've lived for the last 28 years. And then seven years before that, I lived in Toronto. And then before that, I was in Finland where I was born. So, and, and I say that as a, as a sort of important part of who I am, because I do believe that it does change your view of the world when you Change your uh, place of of living like from one country yes. to another it's a different thing to visit than it is to actually live and I think that uh, that has really sort of become um, one of the things that uh, that sort of is behind everything I do, and I do speaking and writing and consulting in in the business world um, is that I I think that sort of curiosity and ability and willingness to step out of your own comfort zone and peek a little into what something else might be and I'm I'm not very good at that but I'm practicing it <laughs> all the time and I do understand how difficult it is. So that seems like the first the first step to, to nailing yeah. it is being yeah. aware. Yeah. yeah. Have you always lived in in Canada? Have you actually lived elsewhere? I lived
0: in Switzerland mm-hmm. for about two years in Geneva. Yeah. So, you, so I know, a, I know a bit about, I know a bit about what yeah. you mean. Uh, definitely, it totally but. changes
1: uh, your views of what that country is like. Totally, so, even if it, like. I'm not saying it changes it to better or worse or anything. It just completely changes when you actually have to go to a food store and buy your daily stuff. You deal- realize how many differences there are, even today. Uh, so when we talk to people like you know the the attendees and and those who will listen uh, and are listening now at uh, way up north. When you have customers, clients from various countries, the differences actually do matter.
0: Yeah, definitely. I remember the thing I noticed the most when I lived in Switzerland was as a North American, not even an American because I'm a Mm -hmm. Canadian, but as a North American, I think that we really feel like we're just the total center of the universe and everyone cares what goes on here and when i moved to geneva i i was like surprised again and again at how many other things are going on and how nobody really cares i mean people are as aware of america and canada as you know we were of switzerland and yep. france but i don't know it was it was a real sort of shift for me that where i was like oh yep there's so much more there's so many other places it's not the world doesn't revolve around north america yes, at yes. all and, and i don't
1: I don't think I would have grasped that had I not lived somewhere yep, else it it does help, and I remember coming from Finland thinking of myself as this rather sophisticated design snob uh, you know who knows all <laughs> sorts of things and and then when I actually came to to canada i uh, and I lived in Toronto for the first seven years, and I realized like I really had a very limited uh, um, view of the world because I had been living in Finland. And then I realized it isn't just Finland. In every country, people have a very limited view of the world and it's based on their own view. So even today, when I travel a lot and speak in different countries and speak to and with business people in different countries – I do realize how differently they think just because of where they were born.
0: Yeah, And definitely. we may talk about the same bring,
1: things, but it means a different thing.
0: Right. And I was going to say, does that present like a challenge for you? Like, will you, will you change the way that you speak about things if you're, say, in Sweden versus in Toronto? Not
1: really. Not really, because... In the, in my case, and I believe that it's also in the case of most businesses in the end, and certainly all of us who are in some sort of a creative business, which I believe I'm in, um, <laughs> and, you know, what is uncreative business? Can anybody afford to not be creative today? That I don't know. But I think that it, it's true. Um, I don't really change how I speak and what I say. But I may change the, the balance of things, um, and I, I, I always recreate all of my presentations. I never do the same twice. It may first of all, thoroughly boring, uh, and <laughs> it is very difficult to, s- to present the way I do present if I wasn't fully engaged in the presentation myself because I don't write a script. I don't think through every word. I sort of block out segments uh, and then those are the things I'm going to talk about. And I can change within that a lot. So I may use the same slide, but it actually the story is completely different depending on who the audience is. Right. And I think that is again a, a good piece of learning and a lesson that I, I do want to pass on to others is that thing that you as long as you are yourself, true to yourself, huh. you can talk to anybody. Yeah, I think I think that's
0: true. And for for me, I used to be a little bit nervous of going on stage when I was younger, and then I realized you know, all I have to do is I, like, I, I just have to, like you said, be myself. It sounds so yeah. dumb. It sounds yeah. so simple, but nobody can do that better than yeah. me. Yeah. So if, if I need to speak about something, I'm going to speak about it, you know, from my own perspective. And of course I know that inside and
1: out, so I'm not going to get stumped yep. by anyone just at being me. So I, I feel you. Yeah. I and it does feel really like a dumb cliche. Like, yeah, yeah. Be true to yourself. <laughs> really took me a lot of decades to figure that out and then the more I am myself the better I get because then you are really in your own best place so you can actually start giving more because you are you don't spend any of your energy any of your brains any of your time uh, being something else trying to be something else and and whenever I see that I am sidetracking or somehow mm-hmm. stuck like you know in creating something or solving a problem or or you know writing speaking whatever it is then i realize that i'm trying to be something other than who i am i'm trying to either usually prove something you know yeah. prove that i know prove that i've been there prove you know some sort of a proof is going on <laughs> or totally. or i try to be like somebody else Yeah. That I do less and less. But I always come back to that. And and that comes probably with age too. I've been still, I'm still waiting for, you know, wisdom because it's supposed to come when you get older, but it hasn't (laughs) landed on me yet. Uh, Because the more you know, the less you know, like you realize how little Uh. you know. So you become humble. And I, but I think that the the one thing that I have understood is that whenever I have been given and am given the privilege of speaking to others on stage or you know via any kind of means, what is it that only I can give? What is it that only I know? Yes, what... that's a, that's a, that seems like a hard question. It is. But... <laughs> it is, but what is it that nobody else can give that I can give? And and it sounds like, oh dear, are you ever special? <clears throat> that's not the point. The point is that there are certain things in you that are very clearly you and that are only your experiences, your processes, your way of thinking. And that's where it has to come from. And I believe that it is also relevant to, to wedding photographers or photographers of all kinds because there are so many of us there are so many speakers there are so many writers there are so many photographers there are so many wedding photographers and the competition is fierce i would assume oh. and i would i Definitely. i also um assume uh, based on some research as well that it's not getting any easier to cope uh-huh. in that market so Okay, so if we all have the finest cameras, the the finest equipment and this and that, what's the difference? How is a couple or a wedding planner or whoever it is that decides who the photographer is? How are they going to decide if we are are all the same?
0: If you're all just a camera. No, it's exactly right. With photography, especially, it's such a it's such a close tie between the person and and their business because the person is is
1: the business really. And it's also interesting, like I said in Rome last year, and I didn't really get to that a lot because that wasn't the focus, but I sort of hinted towards that, that, you know, when I looked at the websites and, and, you know, Instagram feeds and whatever of many of the, photographers that I got to know prior to the the event and sort of whose whose links I, I had they all look the same mm-hmm. it's they so all true look the same and the couples all look the same yes I remember yeah, you saying it's that it's like okay That's doesn't really- anybody else get married are they all and then I'm thinking okay do I really want to see somebody who isn't beautiful then and then, then you get to that sort of what is beautiful, uh, what is a marriage, what is a wedding. And, and of course, mm-hmm. that is why this business, this wedding photography business is so special, so unusual in so many other businesses. I've, I've been, you know, over the decades, there probably isn't a lot of sectors and segments that I haven't somehow been involved in. But this is one of the weirdest, the wedding uh, photography business, <laughs> one of the weirdest in that sense that, that the, the client is not in a normal state of mind. That it's the true. expectations are so, so beyond uh, anything else. And it's almost like I often, as you probably know, I use Disney and especially Disneyland in California, in Anaheim, as an, ex- as a, as an example of how some things are done really well. And, and one of the reasons yeah. why I use them is that because the gate price has gone up all throughout the 63 years that that Disneyland has existed, the prices have mm-hmm. always gone up and up and up and yet there are people in north america in p- particular who are like the fourth generation disneyland goers and disneyland fans yeah. so their yeah. expectations are not going down they are going up the prices are going yeah. up so so the the two days like there might be families who have spent you know two years putting every single extra cent aside so that they could attend, or they could take their little princess to Disneyland on her sixth birthday or 10th birthday or whatever it is. Those two days can't go wrong. Yeah, definitely. So I think that in that sense, when I've been trying to compare the wedding business in general and Disneyland, I've found like that's the area where I find the most common ground. <laughs> definitely. The expectations are insane. The price is insane and the expectations are insane. And at the same time, they are not insane. That's what they are. You know, if you think of your clients as insane, then you should change your... your, But they are, in a way, unrealistic. We are, in fact, wanting a fantasy. So how do you stay in that fantasy business and still keep your head and still stand out and still make money and still keep your own values whatever those may be those uh-huh. are big questions yes and those are the kinds of things that i'm hoping i'll bring up in in stockholm as well that uh, you know it's so easy for us to stay in our heads and you know st- you know what am i going to do give me a list of things to do yes that's important too but This is also a very perfect time to just stop and get out of that doing and start actually thinking and questioning some of the things that you're doing. Because that time, when is that time going to be if it's not now? Yeah. Like how how long have you been in business? You have.
0: Uh, I've had my own business for eight years and I've been in the business for about 11
1: now. So you've had a few of those times too, when you've had to think. Definitely, have you changed? I'm I'm asking you because you are you know closer to this business than I, than I am. Like, have you actually made yeah. significant changes?
0: Yes, I would say I would say definitely. You know, compared to when I, even just the last eight years with my own company the target client that, that I hoped and aimed to attract has Mm -hmm. changed drastically Mm -hmm. based on my experiences working with different clients at different budget levels and different places in their life. Like when, when I started, I did a lot of younger brides. I mean, I was younger Mm -hmm. as well, obviously Mm -hmm. eight years younger than I am now in my twenties at that time. Um, a lot of younger brides who, you know, were definitely, wanting that, that fairy tale to now really actively trying to pursue clients who are a little older, which I've found makes them a little more interested in the fact that they're getting married and not just putting on a big Mm -hmm. show. And, you know, they see a little more meaning in it and have a lot more tolerance around their expectations on the day. As far as, you know, they know things, life happens and things might not go exactly as planned, but you know, they just want to marry their person and have it be as special for everyone that's there as possible. So yeah, it's definitely shifted as I've gotten older, and as I've experienced different types of clients and started to see what makes me feel good and makes me feel not good. And also,
1: what is it (laughs) that you want to deliver? Because I think that is also one of the things that when you are starting, uh, or when you are at a sort of a panic state in your business. You try to do everything uh-huh. for everybody. And, and that's mm-hmm. how you become blonde. And that's how you become like everybody else. And that's how you start spewing cliches on your website. And, and when you Google, you know, take <laughs> one sentence from your website and Google it and you realize, you know, 6,795 others have said exactly the same thing. It's so, so it's true. Like, okay. We are, what, what is it? So the better you can identify who your ideal client is, the the easier it is for you to then speak to that person. Because if if you're trying to speak to everybody, you will sound like everybody else. And that's just how it is. It's so true. Yeah, you have to be willing to take the risk of not yep. appealing to yep. everybody in order, in order to do well. I think that's that so true. That is so true, and that is very scary. Yes. Uh, that does take a few years, and it takes um, a few learning experiences, a few things where you realize, like, I don't like doing this. I just had a yes. conversation like that with, with one of my uh, clients, very creative company, and uh, and they'd been going through some tough times, some well, three or four big opportunities didn't come through in a row. Mm-hmm. So they suddenly thought yeah. like, what, you know, nothing, everything's going wrong. This is horrible. <laughs> yeah. the, the two yeah. owners were sort of saying, like, I don't want to get out. Of bed in the morning, you know, this is just like, I'm just about ready to slash my wrists here. And I said, okay, what if a big, huge new opportunity came your way tomorrow? Would you grab that and say, yes, we are going again. And they both said, yes. And I said, okay, then you are not going to slash your wrists because you (laughs) are in the right business. Because there are times also when things don't go well, but that doesn't mean you are in the wrong business, and it doesn't mean you are doing the wrong thing. It just means it's a bad time, and it's yeah. really tough to know when. Like they, you've heard million times, uh, millions of times. You know the thing. You know the difference between the winner and the loser is that the winner got up one more time, and and you know those who work the sure. hardest get the biggest payoff and whatever. And and then the point is like, when do you know to quit? When do you know it's hopeless? When yeah. do you know that this is not just a bad time? This is a bad business. I shouldn't be in this business. And I think certainly in my own case and over the years, there have been ups and there have been downs. And And one of the things is, to ask yourself that if a big sale came in tomorrow, would you say yes and keep going? Happy yeah. and and excited about what you're doing. But if you say no, yeah, no, 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 not really, then you know you yes, it is a bigger issue. Yeah, that's a good that's a good barometer mm-hmm. for no, it. And it's that's you know, a good thought thought yes, experiment. And it's something that I've I've seen work for a lot of people. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I like, in addition to, you know, the writing and speaking, I also like the, the really sort of deeper involvement in the consulting work is that in so many cases, the questions are not just about the company and the branding and the marketing and all that sort of thing, which often is the question that people come in with, you know, we have to do something or right. our customer experience isn't working or, you know, we need to rebrand or whatever. But then when you, I want to see the people, I want to see what the people energy is in the company. I think that is just as important as, as all these other things. And well, yes. you certainly know you and the whole wedding business is people business if if there ever was one. That that people energy Definitely. really decides where you can go and mm-hmm. where you cannot go.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you kind of you kind of reminded me of my therapist. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he he we had a discussion once when I very first started seeing him years ago. Like we all have a therapist, right? I'm not ashamed yeah. of that. No, no. Um, and I came in, you know, with with relationship issues, and and I we, you know, spent the next I don't know months talking like only about my family. And at one point I was like, Are we ever gonna talk about my (laughs) relationships? He's like, We are a friend. He's like, Nobody comes in here asking the question that is actually the problem. You know, something brings you in the door, but it's usually something
1: deeper, like what you're saying. Yeah, I that needs more. Because I so often get to that when when I get a request that will you speak at our event and you know this is the topic and whatever and and then you always get that you know right they really would like some you know practical you know like to-do lists you know like yeah to do post this and this on your instagram and refresh your logo and i think okay then you don't need me if that's what you need then you don't need me because uh-huh. I refuse to go there. I refuse to start that. That's that's so totally, you know, coming in. And I'm not saying that that is not a part of it. The, a good conference can very well have both. Both the uh-huh. real practical, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow, and the ones who make you really think about where you should be going and are you in the right track and whatever. But the what we do is we often go too quickly to the list. Yes. And it is always the case that you come in with one question. And unless the consultant in this case or therapist or whoever it is, is really wise and can lead you through the, you know, crying about your parents stage, <laughs> meaning really <laughs> understanding why you are in the business you are in, unless uh-huh. you can get the customer, the client through that, then, then you, they really are only wanting that to-do list and, and you can't get past that. And in so many cases, that is not the cure. That is the band-aid over a big, huge, bad feeling. <laughs> yeah, and it's always it's
0: it's obvious it's so human nature that we want to go to the list because that seems like so much easier to mm-hmm. tackle than than deeper deeper yep. stuff. It's so it's so like people to to go for that first because it seems like oh if I just
1: tick my way down this list then everything yeah will be and good. it is also it important to understand like. I I always talk about both the sort of ask the big questions and then also understanding that as you are doing and going through this, you need to take off those things, you know, one or two focused things at a time because that is how you get to that. That's progress. Otherwise, you are just paralyzed and you can't do anything. So it isn't one or the other but where I know, because I, I was just saying that we need to know what it is that you bring to the table that nobody else brings. And I believe that one of the things that I bring to the table that many experienced business consultants don't bring in is that empathy, that uh, that sort of need to take the whole package and not just what it it would be easier for me to just say, yes, yes, I'll give you the list. But I, I, yeah, I don't feel sure. honest to do that. I don't feel it's right because I know there is so much more. So I'd much rather talk through the big things first. And it doesn't always work. But uh, when it does work, it's wonderful. It's great for, the, for both. And it's, it, it always leads to something good. Absolutely always. Yes, definitely. Because you will get better. You will understand yourself better. You will get there, but it does take that courage of asking. And and you know, like uh, I like the idea that you brought the therapy in here because it is very similar to. Yeah, it's like it's like company yeah, therapy. It's very similar <laughs> because it is all it takes is the courage of the client to come in and say. I have this problem, you know. My boyfriend doesn't love me, or this is the fifteenth boyfriend that I've had, and it's exactly the same thing (laughs) all the time. Oh my god! Have you been talking to my Uh, therapist? No, I've been talking. (laughs) (laughs) No, really, I, I used to go for years and years, and it has been extremely useful. To me over yeah. the years as a consultant, to have gone through that process of understanding what it is that makes me who I am. And you always find out new things. It, it never ends. You know, as you know, when you stop therapy, the therapy still continues because it will stay with you. And that's what a good consulting uh, experience also does that it doesn't stop yeah. when the relationship may stop because you have now planted in a new understanding of what it is that that we are doing and uh that's what i'm hoping that's my hope is that you know at least one or two people in the audience will will leave with a new thought in your, in their head sort of like hmm hmm okay she said that and, and when I hear that back, you know, sometimes years later, somebody comes back to me and says, you know, I heard you speak there, you know, three years ago, and you said, I was like, wow, did I say that? Wow, and then what? And then they will tell you what they did. And that is, that is what I get out of this. That is why I do this, is those moments when people... That's when so people cool. come back and they say years later, you know, somebody I don't know, somebody I've never talked to since, somebody that has just maybe sat in the audience, that they come back and say, Yep, yep, I still remember that. And it's it's always a different yeah. thing. Different people take different things from the same presentation. It isn't like everybody walks out with the same lesson. You get yeah. the lesson you need to get, or you are ready to get. Uh, yeah. So uh, that that's that's what this is all about, and that's what to me uh, the the <sighs> I don't know what I will call this. It's not really teaching what I do, but it is helping. It really is helping. That's I've I've understood yeah. in my uh, you know last decade or so that that's what really drives me is my my uh, my need to help. My willingness and ability and need to help. And
0: how, just because I'm curious, like, did you end up doing this kind of work, like the consulting and the speaking? You know, at some point you must have had like a real person job and then somehow
1: it shifted. Yes, it shifted. I actually didn't work for anybody for a very long time. I only had like three jobs that are meaningful and not very long. So less than a decade. And and I already realized that I can't work for anybody else. Right. It was more that than, yeah. oh, I want to own my own business or I want to run my own business. It was just like I'm so frustrated with these people. And and it's sort of like, <laughs> Am I stupid or is everybody else stupid? Or why <laughs> why isn't that I don't fit here? Like I'm falling asleep listening to this jargon or this business stuff. And, and and it was especially difficult. I was, you know, very young female and, and it's a long time ago and the world was very different. Right, so, yeah. So you were sure. sort of usually the only female in the room and you were younger than anybody else because I got right. to places quite early. So it's like... <laughs> I don't even know what these people are talking about. You know, why is that so important? You know, it's like, oh, so, and I have very um, little tolerance for bullshit of any sort. So (laughs) it sort of made me a very, I was either totally quiet or I would say things that one shouldn't say. Meaning I would be the kid who said that the emperor doesn't have clothes. Yeah, nobody wants sure. to hear that. There are no. few people. want
0: no, Not for me. No, woman no, at that no. Time. It was, it was sort of like,
1: okay, yeah. who, who can help her? She has a problem. Uh, um, <laughs> but I also felt that there was so much more out there than what these confined boardrooms and, and meetings were giving me. It was sort of like up more of this, you know. Like, geez, yeah. you know, I'm this young and this is it? Mm -hmm. You know, like, no way. So, I was not really knowing what I was doing, but I knew where I was wasn't where I wanted to be. So, then just things came together nicely, and I got uh, an opportunity to take a fairly good-sized contract job and move from Toronto to Vancouver and start with that and then from there on that's 28 years ago I haven't worked for anybody else since so it was sort of like yeah it's tough and it's very tough for somebody like myself to to or anybody but certainly for me because I don't have that sort of selling um, whatever that takes some people are these just Unbelievable salespeople, and they can go out there and hustle and, you know, like just that, you know, hit the phones and sell this and sell. I'm not like that at all. So, what it has taken is basically create that credibility over a very long time. Right. So, yeah. just doing a lot of things, and and there was a long time when I did a lot of lot more writing for various kinds of business publications in different segments and sectors. So, I h- interviewed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of businesses in different um, sectors. So, you got a really good view, and that was one of the reasons why I liked doing that was that I liked asking the questions. Right. So. Yeah. To me, it's always been not so much about I know the answers. It's always been about I know the questions. Because I do trust that you know your own answers. I don't have to give you, I shouldn't be giving you your answers. I should just help you ask the right questions so that you can find your own path so that the company can find its own path. Because I, I really think that a person and a company are not that different. Yeah, of course when you get really huge and then you're dealing with you yeah. know departments and segments and sectors and whatever. But even there, you know, within a group there is always that same uh, whatever it is, same same components as in a personal decision making system, which is your life or your one person business or whatever. And and the same rules apply. It's very difficult to force people to do things they want to do don't want to do. Yeah. Including yourself. Sometimes we do that. (laughs) Sometimes we do force ourselves and we get sort of sidetracked and led into something in our own businesses and our own careers where we realize, no, that's not where I should be. Yes, I can do that too. And yes, business seems to be going that way, but I don't want to go that way. And like you were saying that probably, you know, you could have gone, kept going in the young brides, you know first time wedding yeah. segment but you felt that wasn't uh-huh. where you could live.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and you mentioned earlier too like um in the wedding industry, you know, so much looks mm-hmm. the same and there there is this pressure and I'm someone who I I feel like, you know, would am not overly susceptible to that sort of feeling of peer pressure to look a certain way, but even I have posted things or taken clients because I know it looks, it's going to look a certain way, you know, or it's, you know what I mean? And, but at the end of the day, it's like you have to work with that client and produce that thing. And if it doesn't give you joy, I mean, life is yes. too short.
1: Yes. And it's it, too, it's too short. Very <laughs> seldom, it's a different story. You know, their clients, I, uh, one of my, um, uh, f- friends for long, long years and years ago. He was a consultant and a speaker. That was long before I was a speaker. I wouldn't have spoken in public if you had forced me. Um, (laughs) uh, And he kept saying, because I kept saying, complaining about some of my clients. And he said, you know, like, okay, if you want to take clients that you don't like, then charge double. Yes. Yes.
0: I will I will admit that we do that as well. We call it the <laughs> asshole tax. <laughs> and which is awful. Hopefully no none of my clients will ever hear this, but it, as a company I decided early on like that something I wanted for for my team and I is to never say no to a client. Just say how much it's going to cost, whether that's a client wants an elephant at their wedding or they want to, <laughs> you know, fly everyone to, to a remote island or even just yep. to work with us. Never say no, just say how much. And like you said, you if you get that no feeling when you're talking to a client, we just apply a, a value to it that you know to a certain degree we expect they'll just say no and go away. But if they do say yes, then it, then you know you're just you're gonna you're gonna bear down and do this, and it's not gonna be for your soul. It's gonna be for yeah. your wallet. And once in a while yeah. that happens, but the worst thing you can do is take a client, you know, at at
1: you know your normal fee that makes your life yeah. hell for you. Yeah, right? and I I never really agreed with that that, you know, you should <laughs> take clients you don't like or or because it in mm. the end, and I guess that's the older I get, the more I live that way. That I know uh-huh. so quickly whether I like a client or not. So that I don't we don't even get to the price already yeah. know that yeah. this isn't going to work but just some of the questions yeah. or some of the conversation some of the focus some of the type of thing so I very seldom say no and unless it's usually a, a, a scheduling thing I'm in the wrong country not wrong continent wrong sure. whatever yeah. but <laughs> uh, I I very seldom take a client that I wouldn't like working with, and I I don't yeah. even remember yeah. when I last have done that. Yeah, and and yeah. again, it's your business. Again, is very different because you need to work so close with these people, and they are in an emotional <laughs> state that they may never be again. But yeah. uh, it's still you. Still have to somehow be able to to live with this. So yeah
0: and there have been there have been those occasions where you know i've just i've i've known in my heart and struggled over it for a couple of days while i'm supposed to be preparing a quote for a client and i just know it's not going to be good and eventually i've come to the decision to say it's not mm-hmm. a good fit that's even happened once i've hired a client's hired me and and we get into it a little bit and i realize like this is not for me and it's hard to you know give back a chunk of money and and you know of the retainer and the promise of the rest of the contract's worth of money. But I do think that comes with, you know, each year that goes by and you
1: do kind of get a yeah. life's too short yeah. feeling and there,
0: another client will come who is much more aligned.
1: Yeah, And it's do. also that if it starts feeling uh, fairly early on that you are sort of arguing or, or you are trying to explain things that you think should be quite obvious or something like there's just like, what is it? Like, why yeah. are we not on the same it's not going to change. That is not yeah, going exactly. to change. And it isn't because <laughs> they are stupid or because you are smart or because you are stupid. It just isn't going to work. And that's the way yeah. it is. People very seldom change that much uh, that, that, that somehow would go away. And, uh, and, and another thing that I will talk about also in, uh, in Stockholm and it sort of comes into this same uh, basket of, of questions and things, and that is that there is also a point where somebody will ask something that you think you don't want to do, you can't do. Yeah, it's and usually in my case, it's too much. You know, it's too big. Right. Yeah. And those are that's where you'd really need to stop and think. Like, is it your fear? Or is it a real issue? Uh-huh. And if right. I hadn't gone through that process once, I would not be a public speaker. That's how oh, okay. I ended up being a speaker. Right. That I was asked to do things that I said I can't do, I don't want to do, I'm unable to do, I have never done, I have never wanted to do, no thank you. Yeah. And it was I was asked to speak in public. And I've been asked before, but that was, at that moment, it was the exact right thing. And then I realized myself that I have to do it. I just can't face myself. I have to try it. So it's, it's one of those, like you say, somebody wants, you know, three elephants and you and the, they and the 500 guests and the elephants are all going to fly to the Arctic Circle to have a wedding. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It sounds
1: like okay, yeah, that's not one of the things I want to do. But there could be in that um cluster of clients, there could be one who is asking something totally impossible. Yeah, for sure. And you should actually say yes. And that's the <laughs> the, the the sort of the wisdom that you get probably uh, eventually over age or something, that you realize that this is one of those test things now that I actually have to try to yeah. do this. And yes, you have to charge, yeah. and yes, you have to work harder and and rehearse and practice and whatever it is that you have to do. But boy, are those rewarding! Yeah. And you will learn so much, like, even if you then find out that it was a bad thing to do. But most of the time, it isn't. Yeah. And, and usually the question, in my case, the question is, am I saying no because I'm afraid of it? If yeah. that's the case, then I should just say yes. Fear should, sh- fear should totally. not run your business. So uh, no, yeah I've I've since that time and that was a long time ago I've just I just always say yes no matter how idiotic <laughs> the 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 proposal is in terms of can you do this or are you interested in or I always say yes because that isn't yet agreeing to do it that's just yeah. letting the opportunity evolve and open itself and show you what it is but if you say no right yeah. away, then you'll never find out. So just say yes, and then consider. <laughs> I love it, and that's and then that's how you how you ended up. You're going to yes. come to Stockholm. Of, of you know, many, many, <laughs> many, many, many years ago. That is so. I, I and I always remember that. I'm very grateful for that. I'm very proud of myself that I did it. Did you do an amazing job of that talk, or do you feel like you were super new and it was? It was. I shaky? was super new. I did a good job, obviously. It wasn't, I could do it much better now, of course. Um, of course. But it was yeah. good enough that out of that came a speaking career. Because yeah. I have never so advertised, cool. I have never promoted in any way, shape. It's my work has brought in the rest of the work. And the, what, what was the most yeah. shocking about that whole thing was that I've not only figured out that I am pretty good at it. I figured out I love it. I love doing it. And that is so shocking. That is so shocking to me (laughs) that if I had said no, like I said, I said no three times until I agreed to say yes, that same client. (laughs) If I had said no, like finally, I would have missed all this. Yeah. I would have missed all this. So I'm I'm now very aware of when that sort of opportunity comes, like is this something that I could do. Yeah, and and
0: and it's so easy to to just react, like you said, from mm-hmm. your fear or uncertainty. But also saying yes to something like that doesn't mean you're, you need nope. to do it forever. You just need
1: to try and see. So I, like you I said, basically, yeah. I rehearsed, I, I, I was so prepared. And I thought <laughs> all I wanted was to live through that day. You know, just survive. Just not die. Yeah. Just <laughs> not die. I, I yeah. didn't even want to think of what would follow. If I started yeah. thinking of, you know, you know, then come the, the surveys and they, they val- evaluate me and, you know, what if of all the speakers, right, right. Yeah. they give me like two and everybody get, else gets five, you know, how am I going to live through that? I didn't let myself go there at all. My only goal yeah. was I'm going to do as good a job as I possibly can and I'm going to live through that day. I'm going to not die. Yeah.
0: Not
1: <laughs> die. Not that die. was my hope. <laughs> and I did not die. I did not die. To...
0: So, yeah.
1: so it's amazing. amazing what we can do. There's always more in us than we really agree or really know. We, are, we always aim too low. That is so universally true. Yeah. Humans. Humans. And, and, and there are Such some well. people, you know, they don't you know, know who they are who think, very highly of themselves and who think you know <laughs> they are entitled to this that and the other but most of us are I mean too low right so that's a
0: lesson yes awesome. <laughs> I like it well I'm so much looking forward to hearing your talk me, yours, be yours. <laughs> <laughs> and like, well like you said to like every great conference I think has has some variety to sort of the depth of the, of the speakers, as far as, you know, the, the more practical and the more sort of deeper, I want to say emotional, yep, yep. but you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like you're going to be one of those ones that, that people really <laughs> rave about in the survey it's, after. <laughs> it's
1: not so much to me, even more important is if somebody walks out of there thinking, thinking about one of the things that I said, thinking about it in terms of it does apply to me. Yes, I should think about that. Then I know I have done my job. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Perfect. Well, in just a few yes. short weeks, I'm going to yes. see you in Sweden. So thank, thank you, you so much to for taking some time thank to you. chat with us, and and I can't yes, wait to we'll see you see. again. It's funny that we live in the same city, but we're going to see each other again. Well, on a well, let's continent. keep doing that. <laughs> Yes, let's keep doing that for sure. Well, thank you. And and enjoy the rest of your, what day is it? Tuesday. Thank you. Bye-bye.